0: volcano
1: watch. This is a weekly podcast to update you on the volcanic activity of the week. I'm one of your host Alessandro Musu.
0: And I'm your other host Corinne Jorgensen. We're PhD students at the University of Geneva.
1: We study volcanoes and are here to give you all the hot volcano news.
0: First the weekly volcano news and then the focus of the week which is a super cool interview with April Anderson, the director of the documentary Fire and Iceland. It's April 4th at the time of recording, and here are your quick updates.
1: Let's start in the Americas, where we saw Ash advisories from Sabankaya, Fuego, Sangay, Telica, Nevado de Ruiz, Popocatapetal, Nevado de Sian, and Reventador.
0: Alessandro, okay. Yeah? I want to guess the podium.
1: Oh. Let's go for it.
0: Okay. Sabankaya number one. Sabankaya number two. Sabankaya number three.
1: It's not possible.
0: Yeah, but that's what I want to be. Okay.
1: So. <laughs> so the podium for the tallest plume of the week, American edition. So uh, at the third position, Fuego and Nevado de Chian both with 4.9 kilometer tall plume. At the second place, we have Sangay and Nevado de Ruiz both with 6.7 tall eruptive column. And the gold medal it is again Savankaya with an 8.2 kilometer tall plume.
0: And the crowd goes wild. Wow, yeah, Savagaya is the best. We love Savagaya. Okay, anyways, let's continue. Okay, the alert level was raised to yellow at Pirace Volcano in Colombia, where an intense seismic swarm with more than 470 volcanic tectonic quakes occurred on March 28th, with a maximum magnitude of 3.3. This elevated frequency of quakes, as reported on VolcanoDiscovery.com, might be a sign of magma intruding and pushing and fracturing the
1: rocks. A strong explosion occurred on Oledesian on the evening of March 30th. The eruption produces uh, uh, a very dense ash plume which rose for more than 1.7 km, really far from the highness of Sabancaya. A partial collapse of the eruptive column was responsible for the formation of pumice and ash flows around the summit area.
0: The eruption continues at Popocatépetl in Mexico, where occasional explosions are occurring once in a while. Senge has been pretty active so far, with strombolian activity and rockfalls lighting up the sky above the volcano on March 31st. The lava lake, located in the Halemaʻumaʻu Crater at Kilauea Volcano in Hawaii, continues its activity at low and fluctuating levels.
1: In Asia, we saw ash Vasari from Semeru, Suanosojima, Krokatao, Ibu, Dukono, Ta, Lewotolo, Biasimiani and Agung. The winner for the tallest plume in Asia is Semeru with a 4.0 km tall eruptive column. At the second position we have Suanosojima, Biasimiani and Agung with 3.7 km tall plume and then Ibu with a 2.2 km column.
0: The activity is continuing at Ibu in Halamahara, Indonesia. The volcanic behavior remains pretty much unchanged with the usual production of intermittent Vulcanian explosions.
1: The aversion color code has been raised to yellow at Raperu Volcano, New Zealand. The volcano is showing a small and slow temperature increase in the crater lake, and strong volcanic tremors has been detected over the past week. We will be keeping your update on this area.
0: We have some news from Nishinoshima, a small island uh, about a thousand kilometers south of Tokyo. There, the volcano is producing very small activity, mainly characterized by gas and vapor emission.
1: On March 31st, three short-lived phreatic explosions occurred in less than 60 minutes. At all in Philippines, the little plumes have never exceeded 900 meters in height.
0: And the very last update, as we said, we keep you updated. Uh, the activity at Saint George is is still happening. There's still seismic swarms, but it seems to be dropping off. So uh, hopefully things go back to normal um, at Saint George in the Azores. Otherwise, that's it for the updates. Thanks to our usual sources, VolcanoDiscovery.com and the Smithsonian Global
1: Volcanism Program.
0: It's now the time for the Vulcan.
1: Let's go to eat.
0: April Anderson is the director, editor, and cinematographer of the documentary Fire in Iceland. It's a documentary about the 2021 eruption in Iceland and features some of the most amazing footage I've seen of the eruption thus far. April is part of the Art is Air project and has created several other interesting documentaries. Today we're going to ask her some questions about her documentary, Fire in Iceland, which you can access at fireiniceland.com slash documentary, which we'll link in the episode description and on our Twitter. So April, uh, thanks so much for joining us. How's it going? It's my
2: pleasure. It's my pleasure. Well, we're we're just kind of buzzing because we just got back from Iceland um, from our premiere of fire in Iceland, in the Bio, bio Paradise in uh, Reykjavik, the art house there. It was a pretty phenomenal experience.
0: Nice, okay, so um, just for the listeners who might not know, can you just tell us broadly about what the documentary is about? Yeah, uh,
2: well, we actually were looking for a project. We had just finished, uh, in 2019, we'd finished our first documentary in Iceland, which was called Tales of Iceland. It was about the uh, the horse culture the people their their bond with the horses and that was a phenomenal experience as well so we were like we were like having postpartum depression and I like looking around going okay what are we gonna do after that and then boom this volcano just like literally erupted yeah and out of nowhere although you know there were rumblings but of course there's always rumblings you never know when a rumble is gonna turn into a spitfire but um March 19th 2021. Um, my husband and I, this happened, my husband and I looked at each other and we went, but there's no flights. How are we going to get out of here to go see? Cause we're in lockdown, COVID lockdown. So we like tortured ourselves and got were tormented for two months almost, uh, till May 2nd. When we were able to book the first flight out of New York to uh, film the volcano, we we decided then and there that that's going to be our next project. So we arrived with no big plan in mind, except for to actually document what was happening in the moment, which we did. But then we realized when we started talking to some of the people that we were privileged to be able to speak with and interview, we realized that there was so much more to this. There's so much more depth to volcanoes, to the volcanic, what I call the volcanic culture, uh, which is people who live in the shadows of the volcano, they deal with it, they, uh, on whatever level it it tends to happen, because you never know when it's going to be life-threatening, it's going to be just pretty like this one was. It was interesting to peel back the layers and to see what is, what's really underneath uh, in, in, in people's minds and hearts and the passion for life that people have and it was it was it was quite a monumental experience especially having gone in with no plan
0: yeah i can imagine actually that was one of the things we were going to ask you it's because often volcano documentaries seem really quite centered around the volcano itself but this one was really focused on the people behind the volcano which i thought was really fascinating really interesting was it hard to find people who wanted to talk to you about it or were people just bubbling people were bubbling just like the
2: volcano they were bubbling just like you said um actually because also covid was still happening and there was still there were not a lot of tourists there in may when we went it was just starting to happen and of course the volcano was one of the single biggest events that like kind of jump started the icelandic economy uh after mm-hmm. being in covid for a year actually people were quite willing to talk which was really great, as you as you saw, we we got people from different walks of life. We had journalists, we had performers, we had artists, we had uh, the search and rescue. Uh, we kind of tried to hit uh, as many angles as we could while we were there to um, to kind of like illustrate what what a volcano means to the people who live there uh, we tried mm-hmm. to we focused on the people who actually live there and not on the tourists who are going to see it
1: this documentary is a, exactly a window on different elements around the uh, volcanic culture and also the eruption itself and people that are, how they they feel also them artistic uh, production and everything and what inspired you most uh, during uh, during the artistic production of your documentary and what what elements you feel you felt needed to be brought to the light most in your documentary?
2: I think, I think it's in, from the artistic standpoint, I think so, artists were so inspired by what they were seeing because you could get so close to this volcano. It's not like it was, it was like you could get up close and intimate. I, you know, you feel the heat on your face and you have little bits of ash falling on you. I mean, that's how close we were getting. It was like right there. And that's very rare to be able to get up that close to a volcano. And so I found that it was really inspiring to so many artists that we met. Um, we have uh, one artist who does uh, who deals in expired Polaroid film, the, the Pila parts. He he actually opened up a whole new world as far as different kinds of photographic art. I had never seen this kind of art before, and much less seen it taking uh, pictures of volcanoes on these expired Polaroid films so that it's all kind of very like um, worn and weathered, just like the way you feel like walking up to the volcano on the and the the endless path. You know, it was it was like very it was very inspirational to talk to the artists and see how they were how how they were so passionate about what they were creating as a result of this uh, this event.
0: Nice. Cool. Very good.
1: So uh, also the footage of the the documentary are absolutely stellar, incredible to see. And uh, did you guys have any issues or difficulties with filming? And what sort of prep work or things you prepare for to film a volcano like this?
0: Or was there any? I mean, I assume if it's your first time filming a volcano, maybe there was some learning that you did (laughs) along the way. Oh my God! It was like, it was so hard!
2: It was so freaking hard. It was like, it was actually the most taxing and challenging uh, physically uh, shoot that we've ever done, ever. Um, The horses were a breeze compared to this because there was was the hike to the volcano, which took a good maybe hour, hour and a half of very like loose, rocky, treacherous terrain. As the search and rescue guys said, there were like, Broken legs and, and heart attacks and strokes like every day happening, you know, going, going back and forth. And as, um, Valor Gredesen said, who was the, um, the editor in chief of the Reykjavik Grapevine, who was a big part of this, he said, uh, Icelanders don't get killed by volcanoes. They get killed on the way to the volcano and on the way back. And I was, I so related to that because it was like, you know, lugging. We actually came with too much equipment the first time. Uh, so we had all this stuff strapped to our back and we were like, oh my God, this is so not happening again. Um, and of course, then you have to deal with the weather. Um, we were lucky we had a lot of good good weather, not a lot of rain, uh, but it was windy. So trying to capture interviews on the slope of the volcano, first of all, with the noise of the volcano behind you and then with the wind it was like no matter what you did, you were going to get a wind noise. So um, Martin did an incredible job with, with um, kind of like filtering out uh, most of it um, to the point where it wasn't actually too, too bad at all. Most
0: of it that was actually um, the part you said about the Icelanders not getting killed in the volcano. I thought that was really interesting, and I I thought this was like the idea of like the safety culture around the volcano was was really quite cool because I mean you often see like videos of tourists doing these like you know silly things. So did you find that this was kind of like unanimous uh, across all the Icelanders that you interviewed that they all kind of had this this like respect and this this knowledge of like safety around volcanoes?
2: Well, the search and rescue people. Um, they really kept everybody safe. They, they are not there as they said to tell you what you can't do, but they would give you a good reason why you shouldn't. And then it was on you. So, um, and, and while we were there and this was a huge issue while well, during the whole eruption was people walking on the cool lava, um, not be as cooled as they think and just yeah, a thin crust over like thousand degree lava. So, um, we're, I think I think it was really quite incredible that nobody actually lost their leg that was reported anyway it was uh, they they really did an incredible job of of helping each other helping people understand what they yeah. should and shouldn't do and keeping like I said they were rescuing
0: people constantly yeah so cool.
1: really interesting so we, we we too had uh, the unique opportunity recently to witness a live eruption. And it is certainly uh, an experience that goes far beyond the ordinary and leading us in somehow to experience very complex emotion and to see life and the planet we are living on from a completely different perspective. So uh, I'm just wondering which emotion and reflection this experience uh, caused for you.
2: Well, it was a feeling of being infinitesimal in the scheme of the world and, and things in general or even beyond our world. Just feeling so, so tiny and, but not insignificant because it's like there's, sometimes you feel tiny and insignificant and that, that's like just depressing. But, you know, to uh, you felt tiny but you felt like, like this was the most incredible thing that you'd ever seen and you, you, you kind of had to stop and just just and take it in, you know, take it in, take in the primal power of it is really what it was. It's, it's like there was just so much uh, of a basic creation that that um, that was involved in this. It's, this is land being created before your eyes. And this is this is how all of Iceland was formed, but, but with volcanic eruptions. So it was it was really humbling.
0: Yeah, Quite that's friendly. the word. We were in La Palma in October, and that's the word. I didn't ask you which. One? Yeah, 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 yeah. Had a yeah, yeah. So we were there. What to was just- that like? It was crazy, yeah. It was really, really crazy. Really yeah. crazy. It, it's different though because, like, obviously La Palma has affected the people there a lot more. I think, at least in terms of like destruction of infrastructure, than it had at Iceland. So I imagine like the public's perception in Iceland versus um, in La Palma was a bit different. It was cool for us because we were there for scientific sampling, so it was it was quite interesting. We got to go into the exclusion zone. It was a really unique experience. And it was, yeah, humbling. It was crazy to see all of this magma being spewed up into the air and just feeling like, wow, our world is so big and we are so small and, like, Earth can just do all these crazy things and, like, we're just here trying to figure it all out. It was, yeah, it was really cool. Really humbling is, I think, the best way.
2: Well, you know, nature will, will tell you what she wants. Nature dictates and there's absolutely nothing we can do about it. And Honestly. except for appreciate the power, you know, which really was it was just so powerful, as you
0: know. So your art It's air project. Uh, what other projects are you working on that people might be interested? In? You you mentioned the documentary about the the horse culture in Iceland. What other projects do you have that you're working on that people might be interested to hear about?
2: Well, we're actually hoping to roll this one out during the course of this year, and maybe take it on the road. Maybe go to Europe um, in the summer, depending on if we can find a couple of art houses that might want to show it you know we would we would do our summer summer trip our summer vacation you know like taking taking the the film on the road so we're concentrating really on rolling it out and uh trying to keep keep it going submitting to film festivals and things like that for this year
0: do you have any uh, projects in the past that are on your website that you'd like to maybe mention
2: uh well we did a lot of work with um Circus Warehouse when they were alive here in, in, uh, Long Island city. Um, and, um, the performers and, and the students and the people who, of course, Circus Warehouse had to subsequently close during, you know, due to COVID. Um, so I did a few shorts for them. Uh, there's one called Circus Alive, which was the last one we did, uh, which kind of reflected how we kind of descended into the pandemic. Um, that's on our website also along with viral life, which was something that I started when we couldn't go anywhere. And I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do now? So I did uh, viral life, which was a series of, of, um, 12, uh, short interviews, like five minute interviews I did with artists and people who kind of lost everything, uh, in, in the pandemic, but how they are survivors and how they're going to come back so there's a lot on uh, on the viral life page so you know there there there's a few things that we've that we've done that you know it's it's all on an, on the art artasair.com art as air.com website i like i have to enunciate because they're like art is air art is air art as air
0: um and so on the art as air website you can also access the fire and ice documentary yes
2: you can access on the on yes you can access the fire and Iceland website which has the information that you, where you can watch it on Prime Video Amazon Prime Video and on uh, in the US and UK and if you're not in the US and UK it's on Vimeo on demand worldwide with 10 caption
0: options. Nice. Yeah, cool, very cool.
1: So, uh, going fastly back to the to the documentary, is there any part of of the film that is your favorite maybe because it was hard to read I don't know, bit tricky to do and you are particularly satisfied with or?
2: Well, I'd have to say that I, am proud. I, I'm proud of all of it because everybody was so forthcoming and giving. I, I, I have to say one of the highlights was interviewing Ragnar Sigerson, the uh, photographer, the volcano guy, um, who has made his life's work documenting all the volcanoes in Iceland. And he's got five million photographs and on back files. Um, and he was, he was one of those people where you really, I just kind of like asked him out of the blue, you know, if he would be interested. And when we got there, I mean, um, you know, I, I really didn't know what to expect. He didn't know what to expect, but we kind of just kind of like, like slipped into this easy kind of synergy of, he would just, he just kind of opened up. He just kind of opened up like a flower and, and like, like kind of like really told me how he felt about it. And to me, that was, that's, that's what I always go for when I'm, you know, as a documentarist, I want to get to the core of what is, what makes people passionate. And I feel like that was, that was a good one. That was a good one. And I, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that he decided to open up like that.
0: Cool. Very cool. Okay, um, I think that's all our questions. So do you have any final things you'd like to say? Any social medias you'd like to plug or anything like that? Well, we're on
2: Facebook. Art as Air uh, is on Facebook. And Art as Air Project is on uh, Instagram. But, you know, it's always great to pick up people who, again, are like-minded, who kind of, like, are uh, passionate or they don't have to be artists. They could be appreciators of art. You know, that's just as important. So yeah, give us a look and a like. I think yeah. I might mention yeah. too. I, I should probably bring up Martin Chittle, who is my partner in everything. I don't think I, I don't think we touched on 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 him at all. And I just wanted to say that you know we do everything in house. We do uh, the 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 uh, filming, the editing. He does the sound design. Uh, he does the you know the aerial photography. So. Yeah, we're, we're a a team. And, um, and and again, it's, it's really gratifying to know that, you know, when you put something out there, you, you really didn't make it. It was just us made it who made it. So
0: that's, there's a lot of pride in that. Sounds good. This was really interesting. Thanks. Yeah, Windsor. really. Thank you very really much. We spent a lot of time thinking about the science yeah. of volcanoes. So this, it was a really cool to spend a little bit of time thinking about more of the human aspects of it. So I really appreciated that. Yeah, in the me, me too a
1: lot. Yeah. It's also important to see different perspective of one event. Thank you.
2: I, I really appreciate that. And, and, you know, and of course the science part really is enthralling also. So it's like, you know, that's, that's like the other side of, 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 the, the coin, you know, there's the human side and yeah. there's the science side. And, you know, it's, it's good that it's good if we can keep those together, you know.
0: Yes, yeah, very much so, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's
1: also yeah. very important. To... To...
0: Definitely not. Yeah. We definitely, we need both sides. So it's, yeah. it's great to see projects like that. And it's even better when scientists get, uh, get to watch projects like yours. Thank
2: you. I, I really appreciate that. That's, re- that's really, it makes me feel great.
0: Well, it was really great talking to you. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks so much. Thank you for your interest. In, and, you know, thank you for your support as well of
2: our baby volcano effort.
0: Yeah, yeah, super good. Well, have a wonderful rest of your day. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye.